This is the Rich Dad Radio Show. The good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki. Hello, hello, hello. It's Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show. The good news and bad news about money. And we're in broadcast from Scottsdale, Arizona, where it's either heaven or hell. And right now it's approaching hell. It's getting really, really hot. Kim's getting out of town. And she's going up into the mountains. And I have to stay and work like everybody else. But anyway... We have a fantastic, fantastic, very interesting, multi-dimensional show. And um, I'm really excited about it because uh, I was watching George Gammon and the Rebel Capitalists, and this gentleman named Marin Katusa came on, and Marin just blew my brain out because Marin is, you know, he's, he's a calculus guy, but he's also a financier out of Vancouver and Toronto stock exchanges where Kim and I have worked with gold and silver mines, but also he understands swap mines, but he's also going to be talking about why gold may be a great investment, but it has to do with financing from what I call the shadow banking system, this mysterious subject called swap lines. Any comments, Kim? Well, we're going to find out what swap lines are because <laughs> this is, can be a very complicated subject, but we're going to keep it really, really simple so that people can understand. So this is your, this is right up your wheelhouse, oh, Robert. Let's, let's so it, I yeah. know you're excited about this and I'm excited to, to yeah. talk with Marin. And Marin is the author of the New York Times bestseller, The Colder War. And like, um, like Marin, you know, Kim and I have traveled the world and so we see the world from different perspectives. So this is a very important show, especially if you're interested in what's gonna to happen to gold. But what's gonna to happen to gold happens below ground in what's called the shadow banking or the swap line business that very few people know about. So Marin, welcome to the Rich Dad Radio Show. It's my pleasure. And let me just say, Marin Katusa, he's at 27. This was this was fascinating. At 27, he helped co-found and build Canada's third largest copper mine. And over the last two decades, Marin's become one of the largest financiers of publicly listed Canadian companies by raising over $2 billion, billion in financing, debentures, and debt. So uh, we got an expert here with us today. Not bad for a school teacher who teaches to teach calculus. <laughs> right. It's actually over $3 billion and, uh, Oh, there you, you learn, go. You literally learn through your mistakes, but you keep going. And the, the key of the game is to have more winners than losers. There you go. That's correct. Yeah, that's, that's our correct. strategy. And you operate out of Vancouver. And you know, Kim and I, 20 years ago, cut our, got, got our start in Vancouver. And I was, we were laughing just before the show began. When Kim and I would tell our friends that we were listing a company on the Vancouver Stock Exchange, everybody says, you guys are a bunch of crooks. I said, those are my friends you're talking about. Because <laughs> Kim and I felt so at home on Vancouver because they're a bunch of cowboys. And then we'd go across to Toronto Stock Exchange. And they're a different breed of cat there. So Vancouver was the wild west as far as we were concerned. We, we just loved it. Yes, we did. Yeah, they consolidated the Alberta and the Vancouver Stock Exchanges after the whole Briex scandal. But, you know, I'd like to remind everyone that the biggest scams actually weren't in Vancouver. Vancouver does get a bad rap because our city is so much more beautiful than the other Canadian <laughs> cities. <laughs> uh, yes, it is beautiful. But, you know, Briex came out of Alberta Stock Exchange and Toronto. You know, the, the bankers out of Toronto like to give Vancouver the bad rap, but the biggest mining companies actually have come out of Vancouver. Most recently, you know, Equinox, which started in my office, led by my very close friend, Ross Speedy, who also created Pan American, which, is the wor- wow. which will be the world's largest right. pure silver company. Those all started in Vancouver. Wow, wow. Anyway, you know, Kim and I just had such a great time up there. It just felt at home. 
And uh, anyway, welcome to the program. So would you mind explain why you wrote the book, The Colder War, first? Because I think that sets the scene to what we're going to be talking about. For sure. So, you know, I spent literally 13 years on the road. Um, you know, my body took a toll. I started at 180 pounds and I got to 245 pounds living oh. the life on the road, yeah. uh, going to over 113 or 14 countries from, you know, places setting up the first mining company in Kosovo to going to Iraq when it opened up. Uh, you name it, I've been to it from you know, going to the ports of the oil in Kuwait with the energy ministers. I really lived it. And I was, I was very lucky to be mentored by some of the best in the business. And they said, look, we've got the knowledge and connections. You've got the legs, go and do it. So that's kind of where I built my personal fortune during that time. But I recognized something that a lot of people you don't learn through the CFA program or in books was this political risk aspect and the real dynamic. So I was the largest investor and the founder of a company called Quadrilla. Quadrilla became Europe's largest shale gas company. And when I really got into it, you know, a very famous guy said, Marin, you got to be ahead of the game because you're so young. How are you going to compete with conventional oil and gas? So one of my geology professors at university was a guy named Dr. Mark Buston, who was the world's leading authority on shale gas. And it kind of put two and two together being lucky and saying, I can't compete with all the bankers and the companies on conventional oil. But in 2005, People weren't talking about unconventional oil. So I pitched Mark to come leave the university, come work for me. And that's how we started Quadrilla. And that's when I saw the real dynamics. It started with Gazprom, where they were funding the anti-development of unconventional because they really had Europe, uh, essentially, you know, they had Europe by the balls. Okay, you look at the UK, Germany, over half of their natural gas and energy supplies were coming from the Russian, essentially the Soviet pipeline distribution system. And that was the lifeline for Russia was their oil and natural gas. So that was the beginning of where I went, wow, like I can't believe all this, you know, these NGOs are being funded by, you know, former communists against the West freeing themselves from this energy uh, dependence on, you know, former Soviet. And then I looked at uranium, for example, you know, one in every 10 homes in America is powered by former Soviet uranium mines. And I went, whoa, the average American doesn't know this. So as I was traveling more, meeting all these people, I started connecting with the companies, visiting all the assets, whether it's in Kazakhstan or Russia, Uzbekistan, all these areas, and realizing that the average person has no idea how dependent we are on the emerging markets and, and the geopolitics involved. So that was essentially the basis of the book. And that led me to the swap lines. Yeah, please pay attention to what Marin just said because it's, it's, it's out of sight of most people's minds what he's talking about here. But also, wasn't Uranium One a Canadian guy who worked with the Clintons to put that deal together? So that's how Russia bought our uranium resources also via the Yeah, Clintons. so that's in Wyoming. I've actually been to the mine. Uh, so that's an ISR, in situ recovery mine. Uh, so energy metals merged with Uranium One. That's how Uranium One got the assets. Uh, it was through energy metals. And then when the Russians bought it out, or I think it was around 2011 and 12, it finalized. That's essentially what happened. Those assets were part of the package. But the real reason the media, I was on the front page of the New York Times because of this article, the media loves the whole Clinton angle and all that. Uh, that mine isn't producing today in Wyoming. The real reason the Russians bought uh, Uranium One was for the actual assets in Kazakhstan. That was the real reason they bought it. But there's no doubt at okay. one point, more American produced uranium was owned by Russians than Americans when it was producing, wow. which is, is, Never is knew insane. That. 
Never, never. And there's that. one more thing. We're at war right now between Saudi, Russia, and our fracking system in the States, aren't we? Correct. Totally. And what, what people don't uh, truly appreciate is the, the Russian setup is obviously supported by their government. Like, think about what a, uh, a private company in America or Canada have to do for permitting versus something in Saudi Arabia, which is Saudi Aramco, which is completely state, you know, even though they say less than 5% is owned by others. Look, it, it's controlled and supported by the government. Same thing in the Russian. So, you know, when you talk about free market versus government subsidized, there's a lot of angles here that people truly aren't Correct. appreciating. And... If, if anyone thinks, like, here, here's something so insane. Do you know that Canadians are still importing Saudi oil on the Easter Coast rather than producing it domestically? And we have huge reserves of oil in Canada. But the politics, the average Canadian and American don't understand. So when they're trying to prevent development in the North American technology, both Canadians and Americans, we have the highest standard of environmentalism among all these developments, but yet they're preventing the development of these assets here at home for good high paying jobs here, but we're importing and using uh, resources, energy, oil, uranium from countries that aren't keeping the first environmental standards at the level we are. It's just half ass backwards. And are, are you saying, Mary, that's all politically driven? People are making deals with each other. They want totally. they want power. You know, they you, want. How come no one asks who's funding these NGOs and environmentalists? Like, you know, what's the agenda here? There's yeah. there's so much to the game behind the scenes. Right. Uh, you talk about the shadow banking. What about the shadow politics of it all? <laughs> anyway, we could go on forever, and I'm got you know got to keep it simple for me. But like I said, you're on George Gammon show, and I love that guy because he's the only guy that can draw a diagram of the shadow banking system. You know, because it's so shadowy. Can you first just define the two of you what shadow banking system is? Sure. So when you look at, let's let's start with how the swap lines were started. It was actually in the 1913 Reserve Act that Congress passed. It was never intended to happen. The shadow banking evolved as a short-term solution that really got out of control. So in 2008, when the global financial crisis happened, there's actually a government testimony of Bernanke trying to answer the questions about the swap lines and the shadow banking, and he couldn't answer it. He kept going like this. You can just Google it. It's all there. And he kept going back to his, uh, and then the lawyers are whispering in his ear the answers, and they've never done this before. So the clause that created the swap line wasn't actually an intention. And here's the craziest part of this, okay? So think about, so there's 15 central banks around the world. Now there's over 200 central banks, but there's 15 central banks that have been granted swap lines. And you gotta explain what a swap line hey, is wait. as well. Hey, wait, wait, my, my, one, one more thing. 1913 is important because that's when the Fed was created, but it was also Correct. when the IRS was created. And that's, that's right. what people cannot see because it's below the surface. It's, you know, like you see the, you see Bank of America on the streets and you see Charles Schwab on the street, but below that whole ground level is these massive lines. It's, it's like an oil refinery underground, all these lines running everywhere. You know, there's cash flowing in this direction, cash flowing in that direction, but mom and pop never see it. And that's the shadow Correct. banking but, system. But that's a shadow banking paying, system. But mom and pa are paying for it. Yeah. Right. And, and here's the wildest point. So what this essentially happens is a swap line is a lifeline. It, think of it as a line of credit, unlimited. Here's the craziest part. So think about all the media attention and, and nonsense everyone had to see in the news and on their social media regarding the $2 trillion stimulus between the Democrats and the Republicans and all the BS between that. 
we're at half a trillion dollars already in the first month of these central banks being granted. That's foreigners. So the Americans are subsidizing the demand for U.S. dollars in these foreign countries. So if you want to take Bank of Japan has already drawn down over $225 billion in the first month of being allowed to. Of U.S. They're dollars. They're, of they're US buying dollars U.S. dollars from the Fed. Correct. Now, let me just say it another way. Bank of Japan, their central bank, doesn't have dollars. So the U.S. lends them the dollars so they can pay Correct. us back. Is that basically it? And here's the scheme uh, when you want to talk about the shadow banking or the you know friendly agreement. There's seven-day loans or 84-day loans, so 12 weeks. So that's kind of where it's at. And you look at the interest rates being paid, they're not getting paid back. They're just rolling these over and over and over. So they take a seven-day, they roll it over to 84 days, and they just keep compounding. Now, what is wild about this is the chair of the Fed, of the U.S. Fed, so right now Powell, does not need to get U.S. President uh, Trump's approval, Congress's approval, the House's approval, nobody. It, it's essentially an incredible stick. But the swap line nations that have this lifeline, they have to agree to the terms and conditions. And essentially, it's America saying, hey, you're our ally. We'll back you. If you're short of U.S. dollars, we'll create a swap line, a lifeline, a line of credit, unlimited. So, But what the serious implications here are is, Trump's done all this work for Boeing to subsidize because it, you know, it's a, it's, it's one of the biggest companies in America. Think about all the jobs and, and just the logistics of the country. So he's going to prop up the company Boeing, but at the same time, almost $200 billion has gone to the European central bank that then funds that they take those U S dollars because uh, the uh, Airbus, so, you know, the, the Boeing equivalent of Europe, which is being subsidized by the French government by access to these swap lines, to compete with an American company. That's what Powell yeah. isn't thinking wow. where the dynamics get really crazy, where it's the American people that are funding the cannibalism of their own industry. So if Trump really wants to you know, make America great again, he has to close these loopholes that the Fed has unintentionally created because it was never intended that way. So if you look at you know, uh, countries like um, uh, Mexico has a swap line, Canada has a swap line, Australia, uh, Sweden, Norway, these are American allies. Now, do you think Russia or China are going to get uh, swap lines? No. Well, well Matt, 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 we need, to, we need to take a break, but I, I understand this because this is the underground which people do not see. This is a very important program, and we're doing our best to keep it as simple as possible. So when we come back, we'll be going more into Marin Katusa and how these swap lines may impact the price of gold eventually down the road. So we'll be right back. Hey, Rich Dad listeners. No sound financial plan is complete without life insurance. And we know shopping for life insurance can raise a lot of questions. How much coverage do you need? Which insurance company is best for you? How much should it even cost? And at a time when it's more important than ever to have life insurance, the pandemic is making it a little more complicated to shop for it. That's where Policy Genius can help you. As a life insurance marketplace backed by a team of experts, Policy Genius is keeping track of all the changes in the market so you don't have to. They'll find you the right amount of coverage at the best possible price without a headache. 
Policy Genius pulls quotes from all the top life insurance companies. You can compare rates and find the best price for you. This doesn't this doesn't just save you a lot of legwork. You could save 1500 or more a year. You could save 1500 or more a year by using Policy Genius. Policy Genius pulls quotes from all the top life insurance companies so you can compare rates and find the best price for you. This doesn't just have this just doesn't save a lot of legwork. You could save 1500 or more a year by using Policy Genius to compare life insurance policies. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and the red tape for free. So if you hit any speed bumps during your application process, they'll be there to take care of everything. So if you need life insurance but you're not sure where to start, head to Poly So if you need life insurance but you're not sure where to start, head to policygenius.com. Policy Genius will find you the best rate and handle the process completely. They'll get you and your family protected and hopefully you have one less thing to worry about. Try Policy Genius today. As the demand for telemedicine grows, so does the need for connectivity. 5G meets that need. Qualcomm remains focused on giving doctors and patients superior, security-rich 5G connectivity. Learn more at qualcomm.com slash inventionage. Hi, this is Kim. Robert just left the studio, so I want to make a little confession. I went to one of those sites, you know, the ones where you tell them all about you and they match you up to your perfect dream. And no, 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 I don't mean a dating site. It's not a dating site. It's a dream site, sort of. Let me explain. You see, sleep is very important. It's actually one of the most important pieces to losing weight, being fit, and longevity. But it's also important because it's when your mind resets and dreams. And dreams are such an important part of all areas of life. Dreams are where you get to communicate openly with your subconscious. And now I dream and I found the solution. I found the dream site, it's called Helix Sleep. And Helix really does care about you. Helix doesn't make just the world's greatest beds, they make them to fit you like a custom-made personalized glove. They determine how you sleep. For me, I sleep on my back. They ask about your body type to determine the perfect mattress. They ask all about your sleep preferences and then voila, the perfect mattress is introduced to you. The mattress that took into account all your needs, desires, quirks, and style and formulated the perfect design just for you. All you have to do is take the Helix quiz. It only takes about two minutes, but it could change your life. So if you're looking for a mattress, you take the quiz, you order the mattress that you're matched to, you can add on sheets and pillows or whatever else you need for your bed, and then the mattress comes right to your door rolled up in a box. You don't ever need to go to a mattress store again. Just go to helixsleep.com slash richdad, take the two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Oh, and don't forget, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash richdad. And to make it even better, Helix gives you a 10-year warranty. So this purchase won't keep you up worrying, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but I bet you will. Go to helixsleep.com slash richdad. And to make it even better, Helix gives you a 10-year warranty. So this purchase won't keep you up worrying. And you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it. 
but I bet you will. Go to helixsleep.com slash richdad. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. Listen to the Rich Dad Radio program anytime and anywhere on iTunes, Android, or YouTube. And please leave us a comment if you like the program. And all of our programs are archived at richdadradio.com. We archive them for one reason, because we don't sell anything. We are a pure education company. We talk about things, we don't sell it, but we do want you to get further educated. So we archive them at richdadradio.com so you can listen to this program again, especially this program. Because what you're hearing about today, less than one-tenth of 1% 1 will ever, ever understand what we're talking about. So go to richdadradio.com, listen to this program again, you'll learn twice as much, and then let's have your friends, family, especially business associates listen to this program and, and discuss it. Because what you're hearing, nobody else is hearing about today. You're, you're going to want to listen to this show more than two times oh, because there's a lot going on here. And, and we're going to have to in, invite Marin back. Yes, because, our, yeah. our guest today is Marin Katusa. Um, he's the best-selling author, New York Times bestseller, The Colder War. And at the age of 27, he helped co-fund and build Canada's third largest copper mine. And over the last two decades, Marin's become one of the largest financiers of publicly listed Canadian companies by raising over Three billion, not two billion, three billion in financing, debentures, and debt. So he's a pretty good, pretty smart guy. His website is katusa k a t u s a research dot com. And not only that, he's a high school math teacher who taught calculus, who saw the light, and uh, <laughs> went into the dark world of the Vancouver Stock Exchange, where Kim and I cut our teeth twenty something years ago. So it's fascinating. Yes, it I is. love this world. So Marin, let me ask that you said the Fed Chair Powell is doing all of this and giving all this U.S. dollars to all these countries, foreign countries, yet he's not aware of the consequences. What What are the no, consequences? Because, like, he, he, he can't be because there's so many dynamics. And I always use the simplest strategy of, look, so the ECB has drawn down almost $200 billion, okay? And, and it's not being paid down. Remember, these are, they keep rolling over. And, and Powell just said, we digitally print it, right? He, that's a quote from him directly. So what happens now is wait, wait. the U.S. Ma Ma Marin, one second. So the European Central Bank is out of dollars because I think 80% of the debt in the world is financed in U.S. dollars. So when a bank like the European Central Bank runs out of dollars, our Fed extends a swap line, which means we lend them the dollars so they can pay us back. Exactly, but they're, but they're not paying it back. This is the whole point. Really? They just keep rolling it over, right? So the debt keeps growing. But what does the European Central Bank or the Japanese banks do with these dollars? Well, it's not like the bank needs them. It's the biggest companies in Europe, such as Airbus, which is the Boeing equivalent, which has been subsidized for years. That's what the whole battle has been about. And what they do now is they take those U.S. dollars, convert them into the euros, prop up the debt of a company like Airbus, they subsidize that manufacturing of those buses. And specifically now when the airline industry is on life support, they're using US dollars from the US Fed to put the lifeline into the European airline industry, to which is directly competing with Boeing. American <laughs> Boeing. That's just one example of many. Think about the impacts, like this is huge. Like. There's over 80 countries have already asked for swap lines. So Turkey's openly begging for them. But you have to agree to the terms and conditions. This is the power. America has a big geopolitical stick. And this is in the next five years going to be the biggest stick that 
the American uh, foreign policy can use because of the shortage of U.S. dollars globally. So you look at what's going on in uh, any parts where they're producing gold, silver, natural resources. You know, we joked, Robert, before we came online, God created gold, but the devil spread it around the world. And when you look at some of the places and, and the regimes that are in control here, Things that we've talked about a month ago, today, Zambia has declared that gold is a strategic asset. Well, of course it is from a government standpoint because it's the purest form of money. And they're going to nationalize the mines. It starts with the gold, then it'll go to the silver. And all so I'm are these, to are these mines now owned by foreign corporations? And they're going to they're they're take companies, them and nationalize Lancor. them. Exactly. Oh, and this familiar. is what I'm trying to educate people is the risk isn't priced into the market. Some of these, for example, like uh, on my website, I put the stuff out for free just to educate people. The royalty companies are trading three times their NAV, so three times what they're worth. So pretend your house is worth a million bucks. It's trading at three million, so already it's expensive. Gold needs to go to like $3,000 for it to be fair value, but that's fine. That's a separate point. But 65% of their revenue comes from assets that are producing from negative swap line nations, which are nations that do not have access to the U.S. dollar. This is the point because it becomes a foreign policy type of thing is if Powell or Trump says, we don't like you like Indonesia and we don't extend a swap line to them, then the only recourse Zambia or Indonesia or these other countries that hate us, they're going to take our gold mines and, and, and a lot of, and we, Indonesia is the perfect example. Let yeah. me tell you why you hit the nail on the head here. So Indonesia, there's an American company. It's probably the best copper company in the world called Freeport. And Freeport has one of the best mines in the world in Indonesia called Grasberg. It's, it's, it's the largest gold and copper mine in the world. This thing is massive. Anyways, Indonesia keeps changing the rules. We want more royalty. We want you to build a smelter here. We need to take a larger percentage of the mine. Then once they raped and pillaged as much as they could, they desperately needed a swap line. They agreed to the terms and conditions with the American government because of the geopolitical angle. The governments are smart. And Indonesia is the model that Turkey's going to follow, Argentina's going to follow. They're going to steal as much as they can, but still keep the mine alive. But the investors get screwed. And because China was expanding in the, in the South Sea, America needed Indonesia's support there. And that's why the American Fed, the U.S. Fed, granted Indonesia a swap line. So Indonesia became the 15th uh, central bank to get a swap line. But you look at Argentina just recently, the environmental minister of Argentina openly has stated that these Canadian and American and Australian companies aren't taking care of the water and environment to the yep. standard that they would. But hold on, the, the, yep. these companies are the best in the world yep. at the environmental yep. standard. Now, mining's difficult. There's no doubt about it. I'm not trying to paint it in a, in a, in a beautiful brush. But it's, it's a tough industry. But like I said, how do like, it, that's a form of, he's hinting nationalization. You think an Argentinian national company, what happens when you look at nationalization, they, Venezuela, Mexico did this, Mexico nationalized the oil fields on the Americans in the, in the 1920s, in the revolution there. And what happens is they take the profits from these resources. They fund their social agenda and mining is tough and, and energy development. You have to reinvest in the projects. And the fundamental theme here is the shareholders who are exposed to companies that have assets and negative swap lines are going to get screwed. And number two, 
the output level of these assets are going to decrease because the government officials, that's what they are. They're government officials. They're not entrepreneurs. They're not true developers of these assets. They're not reinvesting into these assets to keep the production up. So the production goes down. So ultimately this is the biggest bullish case for gold that nobody's talking about because the local governments in these negative swap line nations are going to essentially steal these assets from the foreign owned companies. So Marin, so Marin, you know, you're, you're hurting me and killing myself dearly because we had a gold mine with the largest fines ever, a billion ounces. And in China, in China, in Dalian, China, we floated it on the TSC, the Toronto stock exchange. And as soon as it was proven, you know, it went from exploratory to proven, China took it from us and the, and they, and they nationalized it. That means they just stole it. And the reason was, is because we were polluting the water. So everything you're saying, you know, right now, I need to go outside and vomit. You've lived what is happening yes. and these foreign countries are going to use the tagline that investors in the West are forcing these companies to live by, which is ESG, environmental social governance, right? right. First of all, who gives a social license? It's, it's, it's an infinite loop of questions. You can't get a social license. It's a never ending process. But this ESG concept is going to be the secret weapon that these local countries, these, these negative swap line nations are going to use to nationalize. And China, like you pointed, is the like a lot of people don't realize China is the world's largest producer of gold right. and zero ounces get sold into right. the international markets. Right. It all gets sold in China. Right. So when you look at Russia, a major producer of gold, none of it gets sold. They're an, a net buyer of gold of also other people's gold. Then you look at someone like Canada, we are a major gold producer. We're a top eight gold producer in, that, in, in the world. And we own zero gold. Our central bank has sold all the gold. Like, wow. We literally <laughs> wow. have no gold. Every time so I tell... Every time I tell that, I say that the Canadians, I say, you guys are the stupidest guys I ever met, you know? But anyway, I'm only kidding because I love you guys so much. But anyway, this is that whole point on this whole thing is that the swap line is the, the money system. And if we like you, we give you a swap line. If we totally. don't like you, you don't get a swap line. And the reason to saying gold is God's money, but the devil, devil distributed it, gold is found in some of the most inhospitable people who hate America the most countries, which is why the price of gold should go up. But there's one more thing that people do not realize is that if you own, everybody, everybody right now is running into gold mining shares, but if the gold mining company is in one of these countries with no swap line and hate America, what's gonna to happen to the price of the mining company shares? Exactly, and you're the, you and another individual are the only ones that have reached out to me and said, holy, like you've just blown my mind with this concept. The other individual is one of the largest investors in America, by the way. And what Smart people, it, it, this is across religions. It doesn't matter if it's in a, a communist state or a atheist state, a Christian state, a Muslim state. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's going to be across the board because it's about a shortage of US dollars in a deflationary environment. And the first thing they can go after, because the Western media will be like, ah, oh, that damn mining company, they, they, they polluted the water, like the example you gave in China. 
ESG is what the foreign countries are going to use. Argentina has already hinted on that. Zambia has already said it's a strategic metal and we want to keep the ESG at the world class level. Last time I checked, I think the Americans are going to keep it at a higher level than, than the mining companies right. it's owned by Zambia. And Marin, at the break, you were talking about Hong Kong and what was oh. really going on in Hong Kong. What, what's going on there? So you look at the access of swap lines. So this is developing into a G2 world. So it's America and its allies. And you can already see who its allies are because who got swap lines, right? There's 15 central banks that have it. And then the rest of the world is the battleground now. So China and Russia are really trying to work with developing a alternative to the US dollar swap line lifeline. And to do that, the Chinese are preventing the flow of capital out of China. Look at Vancouver real estate as a perfect example. To do that, the domestic, the Chinese money, the underground shadow route to get the money out of China was Hong Kong. And that is precisely one of the main reasons that our media isn't talking about why China's going after Hong Kong, if you look at what's going on right now. And that's essentially how they're going to nationalize it. And now China's diverting the world with, you know, not just COVID, but this battleground of India with this border dispute. When's the last time, really, we've heard about a border dispute with India, but that's front page news. But nobody's picking up what's going on really right now in Hong Kong. And it's about the, the, the wealth of China fleeing out to get into America and, you know, a, a true free system, because once that money's trapped, it's the new uh, iron curtain, if you, if you want to so call it So if they that. nationalize Hong Kong, the money stops flowing out of China. Correct. Correct. So I, we have to have you back, Mark, because this is such a massive subject, you know. It's huge. But this is my question. You know, guys like Jim Records are calling for, you know, gold to go 5,000, 10,000, you know, I hear all the things. And... But what you're saying now with the swap lines being cut and other countries hate us and they're inefficient, do you have any forecasts on the price of gold and silver in the future? So Jim Rickards is a buddy of mine. Uh, we talk, I've uh, looked into what his son's doing with the water products in, in the Middle East. Smart guy, yeah, very super smart, smart guy. Uh, to answer that question, I think we first have to discuss two things, time frame. But the other thing I'm always, I like to call it, we trademark this term, you know, there's a millionaire, there's a billionaire, but a lot of people want to become a bullionaire, right? With their bullion, their gold bullion. And I always remind everyone what happened to uh, America's first bullionaire, which was Bernard Baruch. At that point, he was the American who held the most amount of gold bullion. It was a little over two tons of gold, which is about uh, 75,000 ounces of gold. It's over $125 million of true wealth today. And when 1933, the first major executive order that President Roosevelt made on April 5th was you have to surrender the gold at $20.67. The international rate, Robert, at the time was about $29 US dollar equivalent in Europe. But the American government, whether you had a safety deposit box or anything, they seized everything and they opened up the box and said, you got gold, you got to sell it now at 2067. Then on January 30th, uh, the U.S. Gold Reserve Act came out, and that's when he repriced the gold to $35 an ounce. Right. And it was a 69% increase like that, and he needed to bring inflation. The only thing I'm trying to warn everyone who does own bullion, and you need to own bullion, first of all, don't tell your friends about it. Don't flaunt it. Don't show it off. But be very careful where you store it because another thing, I think another step that these negative swap line nations are going to do is take a page out of Roosevelt's book 
and force people. And remember they, they, how America did it. They actually made these guys testify. They went to the gold miners and the bullion dealers and said, show me who you sold all your gold to. And then they went to those people and said, you have to sell it to us. That's what's going to happen to places in negative swap line nations because gold is pure money. And it's the quickest way to get access to us dollars. And if they do that in a local currency, like Turkey, if you produce gold, you can't just sell it to a smelter outside of Turkey. You got to sell it to the fixed rate to the government in, in their lira, in their local currency. Then you got you get dinged on the tax and, and it's a lower rate. Then you got to convert it to US dollars. You get dinged at that at the government rate, just like in Argentina. So the governments are going to clip and cut from each angle. So I believe in being a bullionaire. I believe in owning bullion, but I think before gold has its massive, incredible run, and I think Rickards is right, it's going to hit that $5,000 price. We're going to see a lot of volatility. I think that five years is the f- time frame to get to 5000 but you're going to see a lot of nations call it a strategic asset and do exactly what America did in 1933 and force its citizens to surrender or nationalize their gold at the fixed rate in their local currency, then reprice it at the higher price. So you want to be able to hold it and survive to get to that five-year time frame. You're the best, man. You're the very best. I'm I'm so glad you came on this program. You know, I want to thank George Gammon. You know, I mean, that guy is fantastic. George is great. It's fantastic, you know. But anyway, thank you very much. Well, we have to have you back because you're talking about something I don't think anybody else knows about. So Marin, thank you very, very much from the Rich Dad see, Radio Show. Thank see, you. See, that just that just went against your theory about us Canadians. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and you and you have a lot of resources at your website, right, Marin? Oh yeah, this it, is all free. I'm not trying to sell anything yeah. here. Like I, I started as an educator. It's my passion. It's my right. love. And you know what? One last thing I'd leave you with. It's not just your viewers. Uh, I know the largest, the executives of the largest producing gold companies in the world. These are my buddies, and not a single one. Not a single executive that produces gold at like over 500,000 ounces of gold a year knew what a swap line was. Now think about this. They produce, uh, their revenues are touching billions of dollars a year and not a single one. I talked about 15 of them. Not a single one knew what a swap line was. And after I walked them through it, like they were blown away. They went, holy crap. So that's why you want to be invested in positive swap line nations because the political risk is not being priced into the mining companies because no one's talking about this. Thank you. And Thank Kim you. and I know that very well because they took our gold mine from us. It's yes. not funny. So All right, Marin, thank Marin. you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And again, it's I just want to say your, the website is Katusa, K-A-T-U-S-A, KatusaResearch.com. Go check it out and get yourself educated. Thank you, Marin. All right, guys, take care. Thank you. You thank too. You. Thanks very much. All right, bye-bye. And we'll be right back. Anyone who's dealt with erectile dysfunction knows how awkward it can be to talk about it in person. Luckily, there's a simple, convenient solution to the treatment you need without leaving the couch. Our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need right from home. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, your medication can be shipped right to your door with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel at any time. 
So if you're struggling with ED, stay home and go to GetRoman.com slash RichDad for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash RichDad for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Do you have an old clunker sitting in your driveway worthy of poor dad? Is it taking up space while adding to your insurance bill? Well, we might have just the solution for you. This is Rich Dad Radio Show producer Rob, and I want to tell you about a new offer from the Rich Dad Company and Cars for Kids. Cars for Kids will pick up your donation at no expense to you and at your convenience, usually within 24 hours and sometimes the same day. Did I mention you get a tax deduction based on the sale price of the car? That's pretty cool. So, for a professional, contact-free pickup, just leave your signed title with your keys in the car to avoid unnecessary contact. The Cars for Kids driver will pick up your car while maintaining a safe social distance. With Cars for Kids, you get professional service, a convenient pickup, a maximum tax deduction, a vacation voucher, and a good deed. Donate today at carsforkids.org slash richdad. That's cars with a K. K-A-R-S, the number four, K-I-D-S dot org slash richdad. They'll give you the donation experience you deserve. Carsforkids.org slash richdad. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad Radio Show. Good news and bad news about money. I want to thank Marin Katusa. Fantastic. You heard something less than one-tenth of one-thousandth of a percent of people know about. It's called the shadow banking system. And one part of that system, a thing called swap lines. So, Kim, what did you learn? Oh, man, this, this was eye-opening because I didn't know what swap lines were. I didn't know how this all plays out. I didn't know the ramifications with gold. But the last line, listen to this again, because the last line that Marin said, he said, if you're going to invest, make sure you're investing in the countries that are have the positive swap lines, countries that the U.S. is giving U.S. dollars to because the other countries don't like us and they're going to start doing really bad things. And, and what to, happened to our gold mine in China? Exactly what exactly what Marin said. Once we developed it, once we found gold, it was proven. Then the Chinese government said, oh, I'm sorry, we're not going to renew your permit. And they took it from us. I said because we're polluting the water. Yes, And, and we weren't polluting the water. No, we were not. The other thing is that is that I wrote this book, Fake. And I don't have any, you know, it's not the Chinese people. It's the CCP, Chinese Communist Party. And I was just in China this last summer, almost a year ago. They banned my book, Fake because I wrote about it. And they actually had people watching me every step of the way. You know, I was when I'm on stage, they had these people watching, make sure I said nothing against them. The reason I say that, ladies and gentlemen, that's where America is heading right now. All this socially politically correct, the left and all this other stuff, they don't like capitalism and all this. This is as anti-capitalist as they come. They blame the people like him and myself and our buddy Frank, who's like one of my best teachers ever. They blame the capitalists, but it's really the environmentalists. And they blame who, the capitalists on the environmental issues, yes. social issues, things that are not of the capitalists doing. But they're using it, as you said, they're yes. using it as a ploy to, to kind of and take the, us down. And the thing I'm really, really afraid of is these quasi-environmentalists are going into the school system and environment is a Trojan horse, but it's really to sell communism to our kids. 
And I'm, you know, so be very, very careful with Tim and I. I mean, I'm so glad Marin said what he had to say. Please listen to it. Talk to your friends and family, especially if they're environmentalists, because a lot of this environmental stuff is fake. Thank you for listening to the Rich Dad Radio Show. Thank you. Thank you.